This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast. Hey everybody, this is episode 44. I'm Canyon Clark. Nate's back tonight. We don't really have a specific direction we're going, but we have some stuff to talk about. So, let's get started. Uh, we were just talking a little bit before you got some pod, or some, podcasts, some uh, plots put in this past weekend. Yes. Uh, last weekend, <clears throat> me and my buddy that I hunt with, uh, we share a spot or two. Uh, we always normally do food plots together. We got five acres in uh, in six different spots. Um, I have two new food plot locations, um, one redo and a little bit of expansion. One was simply a redo, and then two of his were simply a redo. Um, two of those redos were old clover plots that we just redid, um, doing something different. Uh, the one that I made bigger, uh, I've always had it. I've always had some kind of annual mix in it. Um, so I'm just making it bigger, putting another annual mix out there. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of these are going to be, uh, uh, should be uh, perennial plots. Shouldn't have to do too much with them. Just keep mowing them. Uh, so the first one, uh, I had a new plot, half an acre, went in of Grandpa Ray's Elite Mix. Um, it was exactly half an acre plot. I put uh, two bags on, two small bags on there, which should have been good for two thirds of an acre. So mm-hmm. I over- overseeded just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be a decent spot. Uh, it is in the back edge of a CRP field, thirty acres of CRP. Um, there is, uh, there's not too good of a spot uh, for uh, for uh, any tree stands there. Mm-hmm. There's one tree that a guy can get in. So guess which tree we're going to be in, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to try it. It should be a good spot. It might be a little touchy. Uh, a guy's going to have to play the wind perfect there. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you always should be playing the wind, but it's going to have to be perfect there. It's definitely got potential, though. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, th- this spot where it's at. It should be dynamite. Um, I just hope that they use it the way I think they will. Right. Uh, but anyway, um, getting a little food there should be enough to draw them out of the CRP that they're laying in. Uh, they'll come up there in that plot, hopefully before dark before they head on out to the big uh, destination food sources uh, on north of me, um, uh, where they spend most of their nights, you know, mm-hmm. in season. So anyway, uh, that spot is exactly um, what I think of. When I think of a food plot, just get them there before dark. Yep. Um, so then uh, one of the other spots, the new spot, uh, 0.9 acres of Grandpa Ray's Inner Sanctum, mm-hmm. went in there. Um, I think I used, I can't remember, I know I, I think it was one big bag. I can't remember how much that was good for. Maybe like an acre and a half. I think I overseeded on that one quite a bit. Might be right. I think. I don't remember uh, either. But it's down low. Um, it's right next to a creek. Uh, you could fall into the creek from the edge of the food plot. I mean, yeah. it's right there. Um, it's shaded, uh, and it's going to be wet down there. The soil down there, like, I know it's sprouted already. I'm confident there's plenty of moisture in the soil mm-hmm. just because of being down there where it was at. Uh, but the shade was going to be a big thing there, so I wanted to use Inner Sanctum because he advertised that specifically as a shade-tolerant mix. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have very high hopes for that. I've always wanted a food plot down there. Um, uh, uh, reasons I won't go into, I never planted one that close to the fence line before, Right. if you see what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anyway, um, the other one was a food plot redo. Uh, it was like 0.8 acres turned into an acre and a quarter. Uh Fall draw went in there. Um, I think I planted two acres worth of fall draw mm-hmm. in the acre and a quarter overseeded again. Um, uh, direct sunlight, that's a great plot. It's on the south side of the woods, great plot, CRP uh, around it. Woods on the third or on the fourth side, um, mm-hmm. but it's uh, uh, it's always been a good spot. I know it is. Um, the other plot that was a redo um, was a Clover Patch. We made it into Mass Builder. Mm-hmm. Uh, which has clover and then a little bit of other stuff added in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, high hopes for that one as well. Um, and then uh, Blake's two spots. Uh, the small one was a clover plot. We put it in Inner Sanctum. His was similar next to a creek. Um, uh, shaded. Inner Sanctum is perfect for that. Mm-hmm. And then he was doing grains and greens uh, in his big plot redo. Um, 
and uh, that should work very well for him. Uh, he's got a, a good thicket, and then they should hit that before they go out into a big alfalfa field um, and then crop fields uh, on up the way there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, so those six pots went in very good. Soil samples fertilize accordingly. Uh, do everything that you can uh, to try to ensure that you're going to have success. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Mother Nature controls very much of it. But everything that is within our control, we should be doing properly, right? Yeah, because it sucks to spend all that money on seed and then it not grow because you didn't spend some extra money on fertilizer or the test. And then you got to go in and put more seed on it plus the fertilizer. So now you're at twice the cost for the seed instead of just doing it right the first time. Correct. Uh, There's another guy that we're working for. He had planted some... Roundup ready alfalfa with his clover, and he planted some like a summer mix in the middle of it, but he did not go in and spray beforehand, so he had a lot of burr out there. So the Roundup ready alfalfa is great, but it doesn't matter because he planted it with the clover because Roundup will kill the clover. Regular 2,4-D will kill the alfalfa. Mm-hmm. So he had a lot of cockleburr coming up in it. Yeah. I mean, just the whole plot covered in it. Uh. And he'd go in there and mow it once. Ended up figuring out that actually Whitetail Institute Slay, it's quite a bit more expensive than regular 2,4-D, but it's supposed to not kill alfalfa. Yeah. So we sprayed some of that on there with some cleth and did a pretty good job on that burr when it was yeah. actually fairly tall. Yeah. So got in there and mowed it again. But the point is... Just like doing the fertilizer, if you don't go in there and get all that stuff killed out, if you go in and work that ground and plant your stuff, and it's a blend where you can't spray it mm-hmm. afterwards, like you're not planting Roundup Ready beans, or if it's just Roundup Ready alfalfa, Roundup Ready corn, anything like that, you're going to have troubles with the weeds coming back as well. Yep. Like if you don't get in there and get those things killed out, which yep. we've had trouble with too. There's a, I, I might have talked about it before down in Kentucky. They got a ton of that Johnson grass down there, mm-hmm. which is a sorghum. It's in that family. Yeah. So we planted, not knowing it at the time, we planted a grain sorghum out there, Milo. Well, when it came up after we worked it, it hadn't been worked in a year, I don't think. And maybe it had been worked the year previous because the guy did have corn there. We worked it up again. And planted no pre-emergent or anything like that. Well, we had just as much Johnson grass as we did Milo and couldn't do anything with it because anything we would spray to kill the Johnson grass would there also yeah. kill the Milo. So, oh man, that's another thing. Knowing where you're at, mm-hmm. knowing what's going to come up and what you can spray and what you can't, and yeah. like the fertilizer thing's a big one too. But yeah, yeah, I went in and did some of that inner sanctum too. There, I don't remember if we talked about it last time or not on the old plot at Jeff's. So not the big new one that we did, but the one that I'd had before in clover. It always grew a pretty decent stand of clover, except for in the really shady spots. So the weeds had kind of took it over. So went in and redid it, sprayed it, dissed it, and then went in and overseeded some inner sanctum. So I'm excited to see how that'll do too. It's an old logging trail mm-hmm. from where they logged that woods out a few years ago. And like I said, it doesn't get a ton of sunlight a few hours a day. So hopefully we'll see how, how that stuff does in there. I'm kind of excited to see how it's going to do yep. as well as the other one. Then I went ahead and put... Um, that Southern Jubilee on the the new plot. I'm gonna put some oats on top of it as well. Mm-hmm. They they came in this week, so yeah. gonna do some of that. Yep. And I got grains and greens. I always get it backwards. I think it's grains and greens, not greens and grains. Either way, I got some of that in today, and that's what I'm gonna put on the bigger plot there at the cabin, mm-hmm. partially. And then I'm gonna do a little bit of other stuff too, and put yeah. some fall draw on the smaller plot. Yep. Then I'm gonna make a little bit bigger. Yeah. I'm gonna do fall draw there. Still yep. gonna do that. That'll that'll have that'll be sometime next week, I think. We get back from the show Sunday. Got a couple more places to go. Like three more properties gotta finish up mm-hmm. for clients and then I'll get to start on mine. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're hoping that uh hoping so like we got a tenth of rain. We're hoping uh that, that will help them. Uh I don't know. I uh, doubt that'll be enough. I don't know. Was there quite a bit of moisture in the ground when you guys worked it? In the low spots, yeah, in those two low plots. Yeah. That went into inner sanctum, yes. They looked great. Yeah. I mean, really good. You think it's good enough that they'll go ahead and sprout? 
confident, yeah, uh, that those guys will. Um, the other four uh, were up on hilltops, um, hilltop uh, high mm. ground at least, high ground. Yeah, uh, yeah, not not hopeful for that. Pretty dry. Um, worst case scenario, we got just enough water on it that night uh, that it's brought them, mm-hmm. and then they'll be dying right now (laughs) (laughs) before the rain comes in yeah um i was seeing uh, like early next week there might be some rain sunday monday something like that i'd love it if we got it because we were supposed to get an inch of rain the Uh, night uh last weekend yeah yeah, that we planted this stuff that's why we went wild on trying to get it in right Mm -hmm. you know um the same way i did with a lot of stuff (laughs) last week and then our stuff too yeah we had everything set up uh we started that tractor and tiller early that morning tilled everything we could uh already had the fertilizer spread you know uh, i came in with the hand seeder or the uh, seeder on the ranger mm-hmm. and uh, we did all the seeding and then i uh, got the cult of mulcher on another tractor started dragging everything in right you know um did all that uh had a few problems with the uh, with the tractor uh, but we got it done mm-hmm. i mean we got it done uh tilling I mean, it took seven or eight hours, you know, uh, to get all those spots tilled. We can till about an acre an hour uh, mm-hmm. with that uh, with that seven foot tiller. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just slow going, you know. It it works up great. Yeah. It's just slow going. An hour an acre ain't bad. It ain't too bad. I can do, yeah, depending on the ground, mm-hmm. 30, 45 minutes an acre with that six and a half foot disc. So yeah. you ain't that far behind running a disc. Yeah. And if you're in the right ground, the tiller's going to work it up a lot finer. Oh, yeah. Fine. Like, uh, oh, I said that one food plot uh, that went into fall draw that was 0.8 acres into the acre and a quarter. Um, I mean, the old uh, eight-tenths of an acre, you know, the old plot. I mean, one pass, and it's oh, just, yeah. it's like worm dirt. I yep. mean, it's just, uh, you know, almost too fine. Yeah, you know? right. Uh, but anyway, uh, roll that cultimulture over it, pack it back in good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you got good soil seed contact. Even if you don't have something like that, uh, I believe that once you get it seeded, uh, drag a harrow over it or something if you can. Yep. And get you even a yard roller, a lawn roller, uh, just something to really. Dude, even increase. an old set of bed springs. I've used that before. Yep. Back in the day, like a drag. Yep. Uh, anything that you can cover that seed up just a little bit and then get real good. If you can compact it just a little bit, just make sure you get good. You know, everything you can do to get good soil seed contact. Mm-hmm. I also talked to a guy at church who said uh, you could make like a poor man's roller. Uh, he said get uh, black, uh, like culvert pipe. Yep. Um, yep. Six inch, eight inch, ten inch, whatever you want to do. Um, uh, somehow plug one end and fill the thing full of concrete somehow. Uh, like pour ready mix in it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, let it firm up. And then he said get a bearing in each end of it somehow. Yep. Uh, and you could run up. a tube down the middle of it before you board the concrete. You could, you could, yep. Anything to get that dude where uh, where you can get something on the ends of it, some kind of bearing, mm-hmm. where you can pull it. Uh, and he said he's had good luck with that. Yeah, I see that working. Yep. That's, well, we use a lawn, lawn roller when we <laughs> yep. use one. Yep. Uh, kind of a rule of thumb I use is if you, like, if you step out and your boot sinks down like an inch, like if it's that powdery or whatever, I'll mm-hmm. roll it. If not... I generally don't worry about too much, especially if there's a good rain coming in within yeah. the next week or so. Now, like last week, they were given like a 60% chance of rain or something mm-hmm. all week on that Saturday night or Sunday or whatever yeah. it was. And, and we, then by the end of the it. week, it was nothing. We missed it. How, yeah. they can, how they can mess that up so bad, I have See, no idea. even in the afternoon, even at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, my phone was saying that we were supposed to get right at an inch of rain that night. Mm-hmm. Uh we finished up the parade, uh, the big show of everything, you know. I think it was 10 after 9 that night. Uh, we got everything put back away. Everything was cleaned up, completely done. Mm-hmm. And it says, like, 30% chance that you're going to get, I don't know, a tenth of rain, you know. Yeah, 30% and dropping. Yeah. I was like, what in the world, guys? <laughs> yeah, I was not even close. Yeah. So yeah. on that, uh, on sinking one inch in the ground. Mm-hmm. What's the weight limit? What's the shoe size? Well, I mean, yeah, that when, makes a difference. But generally, just <laughs> I if think it's I'm pretty powdery, sink further than you. <laughs> yeah, you probably would. Uh, you know, just if it's powdery enough, where you're leaving a pretty good footprint, yeah. kind of rule of thumb. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, the reason I asked about the soil moisture is because I worked some ground for Marty mm-hmm. 
to plant some fescue in just on his, they're going to bail. Mm-hmm. And that same week, I worked the ground there at Jeff's, and there was another place that I, I can't remember which one it was. One of the places, two of the places, there was quite a bit of moisture left in the soil. And then at Jeff's, it was pretty dry. He said nothing had sprouted there yet because we didn't get that rain, and there wasn't a lot of moisture in the ground to start with. But all of them, none of them like relatively low ground or up on a hill. They were all pretty similar. So mm-hmm. I was just curious to see if you guys had any. Yep. Man, that low spot, it looked oh, it looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, Not too heavy? Uh-uh, no. Uh, so we got we did have the neighbor come down there with his 4320 John Deere uh, and 18-foot disc. He left the wings up. Uh, now, all these plots except for one, Except for that new little half acre, it was somewhat of an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all these plots, except for that one, uh, they'd been mowed. We waited two weeks. We sprayed them. We waited like three weeks or a month, and then we came in. You know, uh, we had a little bit of new growth after the spraying. Mm-hmm. Most of these things were completely burnt down. Yep. Exactly how you'd want it to be, right? Yep. You know, perfect conditions to go in there. Now. That new plot down there in the bottom, uh, the just under an acre of inner sanctum uh, along the creek, that ground hadn't been worked in. I don't know when, uh, so I was worried. I mean, the sod was incredible down there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I saw the neighbor. He had his disc cooked up. He said, hey, you want anything worked? I said, absolutely, um, and it's just a mile for him. I said, if you yeah. don't care, go down there. I said, just leave the wings folded up on that thing. Just dig as deep as you can uh, with that disc, mm-hmm. and then we'll come in and uh, and till it. I said, just get it broke open, yeah. you know, because um, we're, we're only going to be hitting a couple inches, right. you know. And he went in there and busted up that side, and that helped tremendously. Yeah. Uh, the new little half acre, that was rough because uh, I had just mowed it like a week before. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not get, uh, didn't get the proper preparation done as far as getting that ready to work, mm-hmm. you know. I just had to let it be what it was. Uh, I had... A lot of uh, a lot of weeds, you know, left a mm-hmm. uh, bunch of dead weeds from the mowing, you know. Um, uh, but that's that's my own fault, you know. I didn't prepare it right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, soil moisture um, looked great down there in the bottoms. I had like nothing up there on the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now here's the thing about that though. Like, uh, a lot of times, if you go in and spray it, so say you don't mow it. <clears throat> just go in and spray it as long as it's not too tall but if you mow it obviously it's gone to seed so you it well if it has gone to seed you gotta wait till it, all that stuff comes back up mm-hmm. and then spray it again otherwise you mow it and spray it and you only kill what's there and you disc it up and you've replanted that seed mm-hmm. so if you can get it killed and then go in and disc it and plant it all at the same time that i've had pretty good luck doing it that way too mm-hmm. you know so i wouldn't even worry about that too much um i don't know how the tiller does in dead weeds if it, if they're fairly thick, I know the disc, it will not make a pretty seed bed like what you're talking about mm-hmm. or like what you see all the time that guys are doing. Mm-hmm. But it'll bring up enough soil for the seeds that we're planting most of the time. Yep. The brassicas and the clovers that yeah. don't need to be deep at all. Yeah. That you broadcast that stuff into it, uh, you know, it still works pretty good. Oh yeah. I've had a lot of luck with that. Yeah. Uh, that tiller, man, it it can work stuff up just incredibly fine. You know. Uh, especially if you're going slow mm-hmm. um it uh it makes it so fluffy it makes it just incredibly fluffy mm-hmm. you know um it's all fluffed up uh you incorporate all the uh, the the roots of the weeds that you've killed that are dying mm-hmm. and then all the dead material you know that you've mowed off or, or mm-hmm. whatever you reincorporate it all in the soil you gotta uh it's mainly soil that you're looking at but all those weeds and everything are still uh, you just incorporate them in the soil, and it's all fluffy now. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, when you step on it, uh, I'm sinking a good two inches in there, you <laughs> right. know, because um, you've tilled up, I don't know, three or four inches, you know. Yeah. But then you've mixed all this fluffy stuff in with it. Yeah. Um, uh, I feel like uh, packing that back down is key uh, to making sure you got good soil seed contact for, yeah. it to, for it to take off for you. Yep. Uh, there's a couple plots this year. We're doing clover. And some winter wheat just because we were going to do the clover in the spring, and it never worked out because it was so wet down in Kentucky. And ended up just doing some wheat with the clover this fall, so they'll have some good clover next spring. They still should have some now too, but... And then another clover plot that had already been done needed mowed. So I mowed it, seeded into it, sprayed it, 
And then the other one, the other two, they had taller. One of them had pretty tall weeds in it. We're talking like, uh, I don't know, two foot probably. And I went in and sprayed them. And then I came in and mowed the dead stuff that was there just so I could, it was a little bit, there was a little more loose stuff, I guess, you know, and it did break it up a little bit because I ran that bush hog just down as far as it would go. And then <clears throat> on the other one, it was kind of looked like your yard, a little bit taller than that, like if you ain't mowed it in a week. So yeah. I sprayed it. Yeah. I just seeded right into those because they had chances of rain for the next, that night and the next couple of days, pretty mm-hmm. good chance of rain. And it actually started raining on me on the way home from there. So yeah. I just killed that stuff, seeded right into it, knowing that that seed, whatever, even what was laying on top of the grass was going to get beat down underneath of it mm-hmm. when that rain came. Yeah. The other thing is, though, you got to make sure you do have open soil underneath it. Because yeah. if you've got something like fescue that's like a carpet, well, then the seed's never going to make it to the soil. Mm-hmm. But a lot of this stuff was like uh, there's some foxtail in there and a lot of weeds like that, some ragweed. Mm-hmm. So while it looked pretty thick up at the top, if you actually got down to the bottom of it, there was a lot of open soil. Yeah. So after I sprayed that stuff and went in there and mowed the, the tall one, there was a lot of open dirt there just from this stuff being dead now. Mm-hmm. So essentially that's the same way as like uh, doing the buckwheat. Which I really like, like uh, that's like that Sturgis's thing, where you're going to plant the buckwheat and broadcast into it, or roll it and then broadcast and spray it. Mm-hmm. Same idea, mm-hmm. and like you know, I talk about it all the time. It's just like putting straw on a new yard. Yeah, that will actually benefit. I think if you're worried about weeds, which this time of year it's not as big a deal because they're going to die pretty soon anyway. Mm-hmm. But if you're worried about them, if you can go in there and you have plenty of open soil at the bottom, the way it is broadcast into that stuff that's dead and then let the rain do the work and it's you've got a good seed bed because that stuff's going to hold moisture down too and hold your seed down with the soil so mm-hmm. I, i've seen it work you know pretty good in the past so yeah. i've no reservations that it's gonna that it wouldn't work this time mm-hmm. you know on their property so i'm excited to see what those guys are going to end up with we did i wanted to actually do a count on how many pounds of seed to put in the ground last week I guess it was last week. Yeah. But I didn't actually get it done, but I don't know how many hundreds it was. It's a bunch. But I'm yeah. excited to see how they're all going to turn out. Yeah. Like I said, still got three more to do, but the next couple of weeks, you we should be able to tell, mm-hmm. especially if we get some rain. That's yep. going to be the biggest thing. Yep. I think I'm going to go in and broadcast those oats uh, maybe Sunday when I get back, depending on what time I get back from the show. If that rain's going to come in, mm-hmm. broadcast that and let them work. Because yeah. that other seed's been laying there with the birds having eight by now. Yeah. But I did disc that, so it'll have a little bit better chance, I think, of not getting picked up by the birds. Yeah. Because there wasn't, I mean, that was just dead, dead there. There was, it's just all open soil. So I went ahead and disced it, had the disc there anyway, and worked up pretty good. So it wasn't like it was just laying there on top of hard soil, but. Mm-hmm. You know how the birds are. As soon as you work that ground, man, here they come. Yep, they want to check it out, see what they can get. It's crazy how the deer are that way, too. You yep. see that a lot of times. There was a time last year where I was mowing at the cabin, and I had, had my camera out there, and I went and mowed the back, part of the back, and then I went up to the front, mowed the driveway, and then I came and checked the camera, well, between the time that I mowed the back, did the driveway, and came back and checked the camera, there was a deer, a doe that had come in there and milled around seeing what I was doing yep. and then left yep. all just in that 20 minutes or whatever. They were pretty curious. Yep, just for me being out there mowing. Yeah. Generally, the bigger bucks won't do that kind of stuff, but yeah, the the does and stuff definitely will. Yep. If they're bedded close, for sure. Yeah. Especially whatever area you're in, you know, there's, there's quite a bit of people, so they're pretty used to lawn mowing and stuff anyway, but yeah. it's probably a little different back there. So she's just coming to check it out. Yeah. But anyway. I've yeah. got cameras to move around now. That's my next thing. Yeah. Uh, get them out of uh, some summer spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the op- more open spots where I know these deer are going to be staying where they can get some breeze. Yep. Uh, get them uh, more focused around these food plots to try to get a good inventory of, of everything that really is there. I don't know. I should have a pretty good idea the way I've done it so far. Uh, but still going to move some stuff around. Um and then, uh, well, I should be getting the rest of the cameras out and, and going ahead and just doing all this at once uh, and getting everything in the proper fall locations. Yeah. 
yeah, that's going to make a difference too because here in the next, you know, month or so, or if it turns cooler early this year, mm-hmm. you start seeing them and you'll get an idea of what's going to be staying. Yep. Because they're going to start dispersing here in the next month or so, you know. Yep. Breaking um, up. Have you seen any hard horn bucks? Uh, only on Instagram. Instagram. Doggone on Instagram. Someone... I almost wanted to say someone told me they saw one, but I may have been thinking of yeah. a different conversation I had. But I did see one. Actually, I think it was Drury Outdoors that had posted one from somebody. Yeah. And this was like a week ago or so. Yeah. Where they saw a hard horned deer. But yeah. I'd say there's probably... Oh, Tyler was telling me they had pictures of some where they're... Like, it looked like they were starting to rub their velvet off. Mm-hmm. One of them was. Yeah. A bigger deer. Yeah. So... Um. The earliest I ever remember was August 6th. Uh, I had pictures a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, uh, I thought, I don't know, he's probably a three-year-old buck. He wasn't just a, wasn't just a dink, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but he was completely hardhorn October, sorry, August 6th. Yeah. He was an outlier. Um, he, he's, yeah, that's really he's, early. He's way ahead, mm-hmm. you know. I know he was, uh, but that's the earliest I ever have any pictures of. Um, Maybe he was taking some... Uh, HGH or something, yeah. some unnatural testosterone. He was going to hit home runs or <laughs> yeah. have the most dunks or whatever it was, <laughs> whatever yeah. it was you know? Right. Um, but, yeah, he... Uh, he was he, he was ready to be breeding by the second week of October, I bet you. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> He's running that's them right. does all over the place. Yep. That's the one that told the guys to say, man, they're chasing. Yeah, everybody else was like, chill out, dude. <laughs> it's still 90 yeah. degrees outside. Oh, man. It's too hot to do it. Don't you know we're covered in fur? Yep. Um... But yeah, I, uh, I think I saw one last week. Uh, man, his velvet uh, was really getting light colored. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looked much different than the other deer that he's with. You know, uh, I thought I thought it looked like he's getting pretty close to being dry. Mm-hmm. The ends of his tines were looking pretty pointed. Yeah. You know, um, so I'd say he wasn't too far. Mm-hmm. Uh, but gosh, here in uh, oh the next two weeks, a bunch of them should be coming out. I really think they will. Yeah, usually. Middle of September for sure, a lot Absolutely. of them will. Because, you know, like over there in Missouri, their season opens up on the 15th, and it's you still don't see very many velvet bucks get killed Nope. over there. Nope. I mean, you might get lucky and get one every now and then, but yeah, a lot of those come from like Kentucky where theirs has opened up, uh, I think it's the 3rd. I think yeah. their season opens up September 3rd. It's like the first weekend in September. That's what the... What the guy told me uh, where that property I was just talking about. Yeah. That guy told me. So yep. he's going to get down there in the third, I think. They'll have a shot at some velvet bucks there. Oh, yeah. Even if, you know, it's some that are kind of starting to peel it off, but not all the way yet. But yeah, I got to get some, I got to get my stands moved to the spots I want them for sure mm-hmm. before the next couple weeks. Yeah. And move some cameras around, set a few up. Because like you said, I still got some at the house that I ain't put up yet. Mm-hmm. I think I've got two out. And I've got three more. Yeah. To put out. So, and I'll put those in spots like what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I should have been running one in another spot this whole summer. Well, at least since July that I haven't been, but it's just one of those places where that's a little bit iffy of whether I'll get my camera back or not. Ooh. Yeah. Not a spot like that. I had one before that we had found where it wasn't supposed to be. Mm-hmm. A ground that I had permission to hunt. My buddy owns it. Mm-hmm. And there was a camera on him. Like, not on the fence line or anything, like on hit the middle of his property. Yeah. So we took it, and I put it on a different property and never found it again. Huh. And I couldn't, I didn't want to think it was stolen. I wanted to think I forgot where I put it, and I checked everywhere, and I just think someone came by and took it. Yeah. Because there's only so many places that I ever put cameras, Yeah. and it wasn't in any of them. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess it didn't cost me anything because it was the one we found anyway. Yep. But I got a couple stands like that, too. Yeah. Be walking, same property. Maybe the same, maybe I got his cameras and his stands. <laughs> but that stand we just moved, I think it ended up back on the same property where it was, but we knew who that, he knew who that guy was. Yeah. So, I think they're gone now. I think they moved. I don't uh. think they got arrested. I think they moved. <laughs> <laughs> Not like here a few years ago where they had that big ordeal. Yeah. But, uh yeah, I uh, I need to get those cameras up, uh, finished out. I would love to get a couple more stands bought, uh, purchased, but who knows if that will happen. Yeah, I'm thinking I got to get, 
Last year, I tried to run camera stands with all my other stands anyway mm-hmm. to try to get some film. I think I might have had once or twice someone go with me with a camera. Yeah. So I'm just going to take the two stands out of the spots and probably put them, give me more stand locations yep. instead of worrying about a camera stand. And then if I want to do that, I'll just take one and hang it. Yep. I might get one extra, do a hang and hunt type of deal. Yeah. It'd be easy enough just to stand on the one I'm hunting out of and strap it to the tree instead of hanging there off the ladder and with the lineman rope on or yeah. the ratchet strap for a lineman rope, which I would not advise, though I've done it before. Oh, man. Yeah, I was a little sketchy. You're hanging there, because I didn't have a lineman rope big enough to go around the tree, mm-hmm. but I had the ratchet strap. So I threw it around. Of course, it's got the hooks on it that hook perfectly right into those little notches Ooh, on my man. On my harness. Yeah. Well, I'd get to working every now and then and look down, and the the hook was undone and swinging on the <laughs> step that was in front of me. So it hadn't gone all the way back around the tree. Yep. But I didn't let go and fall backwards or anything. I just yeah. happened to look down and see that it wasn't hooked up anymore. But Yeah. Thing worked great when I had it hooked up. Yep. I just wouldn't advise it. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not a very, not a really big guy, so it wasn't, I would definitely wouldn't advise you to go out there with a, no. one of those two-inch oh, ratchet man. straps for a lineman belt. I think I'm about done with hang-ons even. Yeah. I, uh, gosh, I've got a bunch of very cheap little bitty hang-ons, you know. Mm-hmm. I, uh, uh, I I was this big ten years ago, you know. Right. But anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, they got a two hundred fifty pound weight limit, and uh, I'm a little bit over that, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I should not be in the silly things. Well, uh, that's part of the reason I was thinking about that too. I was like, you know, Nate might want to go with me. Well, we might go one of these times, but mm-hmm. he ain't gonna want to sit in this little thing anyway. Man, that's all I got. And it ain't gonna be comfortable. Nope, none of them are. Nope. Yep. I'm. Uh, I'm. Oh, I'm a good 20 pounds, maybe 30 pounds over that weight limit there, you know. <laughs> I should spend more money on stands than I do, but... I'm looking at them cables on the platform, and uh, I mean, <laughs> good grief, they're the size of the uh, the headphone cables that we <laughs> yeah. got on, you know? Right. Um, Ain't much to them. Man. Like, how is that? Uh, it's just by the grace of God that that thing ain't never broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Grown into the tree. Some of mine are still grown into the tree. I think the straps could rot and they wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah, I mean the cables going down. The yeah, platform. yeah, yeah. I know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Going man. from the the stand bar, like the from back the upright bar, right to, to the, the yeah, yeah to the platform. Yeah, a trap door, and uh, mm-hmm. there you go. Yep, that'd be it. <laughs> I got a safety harness. You know, I mean, I always wear a harness. You know, but there'd yeah. be a sudden stop at the end of that rope. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I've. I go more functionality on the stands, so I'll spend like, I'll go buy the cheap ones and put those up instead of spending 150, 200 bucks on one hang on. Exactly. And I can get three of them because. Yes. I can, like some guys I get it can't, like back problems and Mm -hmm. maybe you just get antsy or whatever, you're really uncomfortable, but I can stand being a little bit uncomfortable for a few hours up there Mm -hmm. and save a hundred bucks on a stand. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm not. That's how I used to be. Them. Yeah. And normally I stand the whole time anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll stand there and lean up against the tree, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway. I definitely do that during the rut. Like, if I yep. think there's a good chance I'll see something at any time, I'll stand up a lot because sometimes you don't have time to stand up or you get three or four deer on you. It's hard to mm-hmm. move that much anyway. I, and I don't uh, I don't mind shooting sitting down, but you're pretty limited. Yeah. Like you I, can, mean, I can only shoot this yeah. way sitting down. Correct. You know. I, uh. Uh, we got Kaylee, that one big, nice ladder stand. Mm-hmm. There ain't nothing wrong with that I think that's the way to go, huh? <laughs> uh, it's nice. Yep. It's almost like sitting in a recliner up there. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what I think. And you see some of those, like the Hawk stands yep. with the big, nice seat on them. Big game makes yep. some old man. Millennium's had a nice millennium. seat for a very yep. long time. Big platform, like the teardrop shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be nice. I should probably get a few of those, but... I just can't spend the money on it. Yeah, that's what it takes. Maybe we'll get a a, a sponsorship from one of those there guys one of these days, and we there can use their stands. Now, but uh, the ladder stands, though, if you did want to do a camera thing, you'd still have to probably have at least one hang on. Yeah. It'd be hard to do two two ladders unless oh, yeah. you did like a 15 and a 20, if, yeah. you know, because you'd want to be up a little higher. Yeah. I get you. And you got two ladders on the tree that yeah. you're getting. That's getting to be a lot of mess down there. Yeah. Uh, get you a lone wolf or something. I got yeah. that lone wolf. That's what we used to do. 
slap that uh just set, set it up to where you know you can make it work yeah never leave it anywhere just yeah. take it with you every time that yeah. yeah then you only need one of them yep and that you know that'd be that's a good way to go too if like if you need the comfort mm-hmm. is you could get one or two of them maybe leave yeah. one up and use the other one just hanging hunt every time yeah but i got like i had a summit climber mm-hmm. i still have it viper love that thing but sometimes i don't want to pack it all the way in and go in that early to yeah and worry about climbing and making the noise and and all that yeah it's just so much easier to take my backpack and my bow and go climb up a tree correct you know climb some sticks or screw in steps or a ladder correct i don't want to carry nothing yeah then it is to carry the backpack and the climber and the bow and then have to do the whole setup once you get there yeah. at some point that yeah i lost the want to do that now yeah. if i if i have a new spot or now I'll use it where if I'm in one of my set stands and I see that the deer are in another location mm-hmm. often instead of going in there at night or something or in the middle of the day and moving that stand, maybe I'll just take a climber in. Yep. And I'll occasionally leave it for a little while. Yeah. If it's in a spot, I feel comfortable doing that. But yeah, I just got away from, used to, I'd climb all the time. Like I didn't have any hang on stands. If I was going hunting, I was climbing. Yeah. And, but the other problem with that is if you don't find a good climbing tree, you got, you're limited. You're pretty yep. much sitting on the ground. That's right. So, it's ain't the worst thing, but I do like to be able to see. That's kind of like uh, like there your plot. You're talking about that blind mm-hmm. potentially. Yep. Be nice to just be elevated. Correct. I don't need much. Right. Because a guy could do a bit. ground blind there. You could. But all that, uh, uh, all the brush is so high in the thicket. Uh, I mean. You wouldn't see them until they popped out in the pot, and that'd just be it. Yep. You know, uh, in that spot, that's just what it would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, less than ideal, but, um, I mean, I, I'd make that work. Mm-hmm. But if I could get up even five foot, if I had a five-foot platform. That makes a huge difference. Correct. Yep. And uh, part of it for me is I like watching them oh, yeah. come in and being yeah. able to see. Because, like, if you're down on the ground, like that spot, for example, mm-hmm. As opposed to five, ten foot up in the air where you can see on top of that hill, mm-hmm. you might see more deer than you would sit on the ground and never knew they were there. Correct. You know, so yeah. at least it might keep your attention or keep you a little more interested yeah. just by knowing there's deer moving. Yeah. Whereas you could sit, a guy could sit in the same spot and one guy be sitting in a tree 20 mm-hmm. foot up, the other guy be sitting on the ground. The guy up in the tree, yeah, I saw 20 deer tonight. Pretty mm-hmm. good hunt, you know, just nothing close. And the other guy, man, I didn't yep. see a thing. The guy on the ground, you know. Yeah. He might think he had a crappy, well, he might have had a crappy hunt. I've yeah. seen a single deer, but they were moving all around them. Yep. A couple hundred yards away, hundred yards away, just couldn't see them. Yep. So, you're still going to be able to kill them in the same place, most likely, but... Yeah. It's still definitely a lot tougher on the ground, I think. Yeah. And I prefer to be able to see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, if uh, I can. Yep. Uh, the way that ash thicket, uh, the ash stand was, mm-hmm. uh, it's turned into a thicket because they're all dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're going to be in there for sure. Uh they were laying in there quite a bit last year. This year it's even going to be thicker, you know. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's got some more sunlight in there too. Yep. Yeah. You won't you won't see them until they pop out if you're on the ground. I mean, that's just all there is to it. Mm-hmm. So what'd you ever decide on that? Because I know we talked about it before, like, uh, and you talked to that guy up in Iowa mm-hmm. about what he thought if a guy should go in there and yep. get rid of those or leave them to die and fall yep. over or what? They're you're just gonna. They're definitely dead. Yeah. I mean, are you just going <laughs> to leave them to fall over or clean them out? Or? I think that's about where I'm at at this point. Yeah. Um, the tops are breaking off of them, you know. Um, some of them just look like, uh, oh, uh, tent posts in there. Yeah. Something, you know, yeah. chimney trees, whatever you want to call them. I mean, they're, and I mean, all of them's what? Uh, I don't know, 12 inches around, 16 inches around. They're not big, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, they're all dead. Uh, there's probably a couple acres of them. I mean, just solely, yeah. you know, ash sprouts. Yeah. Uh, when you get to the east side of it, uh, you get some more stuff in there. There's some oaks and stuff over there. They're still growing, of course. You know, mm-hmm. nothing's wrong with them. Right. Um, I don't know. It's just going to turn into a woolly mess. Yeah. You know, it already is. Worst coming to worst, I guess a guy could go in there with a skid loader or something. Or you a, could. Uh, yep. I said dozer. That'd be mm-hmm. quite a bit more expensive. You'd have to find somewhere yep. somewhere. But after they all die and fall down, you yep. could... Get them uh, out of there and start over. There's a dozer that sits a quarter mile north of there at there the go. neighbors all the time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let them all fall over every one of these days and just go in and clean it out and start from scratch. Yep. I could. You could do a uh, cedar patch instead of a. Yep. 
Yeah. Cedars. Cedars. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I uh, I don't know. It's not really hurting anything the way it is right now. I think I'm going to see what it does. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just getting, uh, there's briars and honeysuckle and all kind of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Which isn't the worst thing until it gets too thick. And that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it. Getting so when, thick they just avoid it. And when it turns into an impenetrable wall. Yeah. Then it's a waste. Then you got to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, right now I think I'll see how it does this year. Cause I made a big change with the food plot. Mm-hmm. Never had a food plot there for, uh, years and years and years. Made a big change there. We'll see what this does. Yeah. That'll change a lot. Mm-hmm. I would assume. Yep. You know, you're going to see more deer filtering through there for sure. Once they find it. I mean, I think those does will stumble out of the food plot and just fall down, you know, uh, in that thicket right there. They're right. going to bed right there. Oh yeah. I know that. Yep. No doubt. Um, but then, uh, where that big elevated blind would go. Is a perfect entry and exit, you know, mm-hmm. for that. Sneak in there without them knowing it. Correct. Yep. Uh, you got the low spot uh, to cut through, fall down in there. You know, it it would all work very well, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of what I'm running into at the cabin there with those all those autumn olives mm-hmm. in the places where they've died because they get so big. That was, some of them are so that's big That's the there. most mature autumn olive patch I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, the... Then they just die and lay there in the way. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and... They, what do you do with it then? Exactly. So, yeah. that's part of the reason I'm going to go in there and just get rid of... Make that one plot bigger, get rid of a whole bunch of those. Mm-hmm. And then do that other... I might clear another spot just to let grow back naturally. Yeah. And then make that other plot bigger. But, I honestly, if I had the time and could do it, I'd go in there and get rid of every one of those stupid things. Yep. And just let whatever come up, come up. Yeah. Maybe plant some cedars or some pines that are mm-hmm. around a little more probably do cedars because there's already some of those growing but yeah just i'd rather have that cover because the, the autumn olives provide a little bit of cover but when they're dead and they're they're so thick they're invasive obviously you can't it's hard to get rid of them other than just pulling them up by the roots mm-hmm. so it's not like you can cut them down and get rid of them that way yeah they, at some point they become more of a burden than they do a a good the yeah a good thing for the deer. Yeah. And they don't provide any kind of vegetation for them to eat. They don't eat that stuff. Yeah. So, it's they're pretty thick yep. in there. They are. They really are. That's going to be a pretty big change. But my thing is, though, I've had some pretty good opportunities on there in the years past. And there was a stretch there for like five or six years where I had a chance at or shot 140-inch-plus deer on that for five or six years in a row. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's gone... The last couple years, I've had deer on there, but not consistently enough that I could get in there and hunt them mm-hmm. or get a shot at them, or they're just passing through real early in the morning or late at night. Yeah, that kind of thing. So, I, the worst case scenario, I'm gonna be right. I'm gonna be in the same spot. Yeah, you know, I'm not seeing any mature bucks during daylight on that property. Yeah. So I think this is gonna be more of a benefit than it is a detractor from that. Yeah. Even changing up that cover. Yeah. If I don't have the same amount of does bedding on me, so what? If you're not seeing what you're wanting to see right now, change can't hurt nothing. No, I, that's my thinking on it yeah. anyway. So, anyway. Huh, you got anything else? I don't think so. For tonight? I don't think so. We'll have some more Big stuff. show this weekend. Yes. Big show this weekend. Yes, the Deer and Beer Fest up there at the Interstate Center in Bloomington. And we'll be at in booth 148. I'm sure you can buy tickets at the door. I say that. I am not 100% sure of that, but I'd say you could. Uh, if not, you can go online and buy them still. So that's Saturday, this Saturday and Sunday, which by the time this comes out, will have already been, I guess. But we will talk about that probably on the, it'll be on next week's podcast to talk about what we saw up there and all that. So I'll be up there with Rod. He's not been on here before, but if you guys have been around the shop, any you'll recognize him. So if you're up there and you do stop by, thanks for stopping by. Because <laughs> like I said, this is coming out afterwards. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a good show. I really do. Um, going to have stuff from Racks. We'll see how. And Grandpa Ray's got that all in today to have up there for some show specials on that. So excited to get their name out a little bit and help those guys out. Mm-hmm. Our sponsor's here. So speaking of those guys, might as well do that now. Uh, Grandpa Ray's. If you guys listen to the podcast, you know that they are one of our sponsors that provide the best nutrition for white-tailed deer on your property, starting with the soil. 
They offer a full line of high-quality food plot seed and plant foods. They were established in, well, started in 2015, but John has been in the business since 1991. They've got over 14 different food plot blends, like what we've talked about tonight with the Inner Sanctums and the Elite and the Grains and Greens and the Mass Builder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to do, did you do some fall draw too, you said? Yes. Yeah. yeah so that, I'm going to do some Frosty Delight as mm-hmm. well. So, and I've put some of that out, quite a bit of that out last week. So all good stuff there. Um, like I said, they got fall blends, spring blends, corn and beans, switchgrass, liquid fertilizer, soil test kits, you name it, they've got it. They're not just about their products. If you got any questions about what might be best to plant, like what we did, just talk to them and ask. I know mm-hmm. I thought, I was pretty impressed with his knowledge on, you know, the different different blends, be good for what, and, you know, where they come from and why this and why that. So yeah. Yeah. even if you've got any questions about just what's in the blend, I think he can answer those pretty good. Yep. Um, so you guys can contact them through their website. Um, they've got ways to contact them through there. If you have any questions on that. They're not about a fancy label or package. They're about good quality seed and taking care of their clients. Like I said, we've used them on client properties, use them in our, on our properties now. Um, the results so far have been as good as advertised. We're excited to see what's coming up now this fall too. Hopefully we'll kill some big bucks on it and you guys can see them then. Yes. That's, that's the plan anyway. Uh, you go to grandpaoutdoors.com and use discount code RHOPODCAST and get 5% off your order there. So that's one way you guys can support us. So if you like what we're doing here, Go use that discount code. That shows them that you heard about them from us, and it'll help us help us here and keep making this thing better. Another way to support is to go to Rack's Big Game Supplements uh, at racksmineral.com. They're a veteran-owned company out of northeast Nebraska. Uh, deer hunters just like us who didn't like what was on the mineral market at the time, so they developed their own stuff. Uh, years of research went into it, and they've come up with one of the best blends that will help improve your herd's overall health while not feeding non-target species. They've got minerals, protein blocks, pelletized feed, and meal feed, all specifically designed for whitetails. If you want to support us, again, go to racksmineral.com, R-A-K-S-Mineral.com, and use code R-H-O-22, capital R-H-O-22, at checkout, and get 5% off your order there as well. If you don't want to do that, come in the shop and get some stuff from us in here. That'll save you some money on shipping, because... Shipping on that stuff's expensive anyway, especially right now with the prices of it going up, uh, just like everything else. Those guys got to burn fuel too. So those are a couple ways you can support. Some more ways, go to ridgehunteroutdoors.com, and you can get our products on there. You can find out about our consulting services. So if you got a property that you don't know what to do with and you want us to come out and give you a plan for it, management plan for wildlife, we'll do that. We also do some management work. We're going to start... Uh, Bringing that in a little closer to home, though, so there will be more of a radius on that, probably. But depending on where you're at, shoot us a message about that, too. Maybe we can help you out there. Um, and any of the products we got. We got apparel, T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and then we've got the food plot seed, the scents, the boot spray, the deer calming spray, the tarsal sprays. I know you used the, the calming spray quite a bit last year. Yes, I did. Um, kind of almost as a cover scent. Yep. Like walking in and stuff. Yep. Saw some... Decent results from that. Like I think so. Walking over um, here. Uh, anything that ever crossed my path that I could see, you know, uh, from my tree back uh, mm-hmm. as far as I could see. Um, and times past when I'd had deer cross my path, uh, you know, they really might get nervous. Um, now they might sniff for a second uh, and then they, uh, you know, they'd go on. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't alarm them at all uh, when they crossed my path. Um, using the spray versus not using the spray. Right. Yeah, like you know, like I say all the time, it's not magic. There's nothing magic about it. You still got to be smart about what you're doing. But the deer are built for living in the wild and surviving mm-hmm. and not dying. So yeah. I don't know about you. I need every advantage I can get. So I use that stuff just as an added advantage over them. Yeah. If I can fool them just enough, mm-hmm. it just takes that one time. Yeah. Or if I can trick them into coming into bow range with some of that attractant, the the tarsal sprays. Yeah. Or if I can get them to show up on camera to a mock scrape or something so i can pattern in them using that stuff i'm gonna use it so like i said not the end all beat all or anything like that it's not magic but i think it does help uh, a lot of guys use it on decoys too that tarsal spray just to mm-hmm. add a little bit more realism so when those deer come in and sniff it they don't necessarily blow out of there mm-hmm. um or might even bring them in a little closer if they can smell that as opposed to just seeing that deer if they're going down under your decoy um 
those are some ways. Also, you can go to at Ridge Hunter Outdoors on Instagram and Facebook or at Ridge Hunter OD on Twitter and follow us there. Keep up with everything we got going on, the podcast, any planting we're doing, any articles that we find interesting that we share. I try to share quite a bit of that stuff from uh, MSU on their Deer Lab. They got a lot of good stuff. There was one a couple weeks ago about those two button bucks that oh, were, I didn't did see you that. see that? Uh-uh. So they they had two button bucks in their pen and then we're kind of fighting. I mean, play fighting, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Sparring a little bit. And they were talking about how a lot of people think that those deer are just playing because they're brothers or whatever. But they're actually already starting to um, develop that pecking order of who's going to be the more dominant buck. Yeah. At, I mean, just born this year. Yeah. So it's just wow. instinctual for them. I thought that was pretty interesting. So I shared it on there. But just stuff like that that yeah. I find interesting. A lot of their collared stuff that they do and seeing how far these bucks go and some of them that yes. don't move very far. Yes. That's all that stuff's interesting. So we share some of that stuff on Facebook and on Instagram occasionally. So you can see that if you follow us there. Mm-hmm. And then on the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. You can follow us there. You can subscribe on the YouTube channel to keep up with all this. Uh, I talked about it last week. I'm going to try to get back to doing video. We might do that sooner rather than later. Got some stuff hopefully coming in that's going to make that better. We'll see how that works. That's, you know, especially if it's going to be two guys most of the time, we can do video easier. I can use my phone for that and get better quality video than the cameras we were using. So we might go back to doing some of that. I know that makes it a lot better on YouTube for the podcast, watching it, because, like, as opposed to Spotify where you can lock your phone and just watch it, YouTube has to be open the whole time. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to sit down and watch it, you might as well be watching guy us talk rather than just a picture which i'd like to get back to doing that when we can so that's going to be coming up if you want to be the first in on that subscribe to the youtube channel and i think you also got to hit the notification bell now i don't know they keep changing they change stuff there all the time so uh and then on spotify you can follow us on there as well so that's all ways to support us guys if you like what we're doing um we appreciate you guys listening And we'll catch you again next Monday.